What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of In the Nick of Time live on the Spotify Podcasters app in connection with reprogram your thinking videos, which you can find when you follow me on Instagram at Hops. I am your host, Nikki. Time is a gift we should not waste. So let's get right into it. I do not have a PhD. I am not licensed to counsel. I am not a preacher. So you probably say, Nikki, why should anyone listen to what you have to say? Well, I simply obey God's word. And on this podcast, I get to stroke my ego by edifying God only. So if you're listening, that means you and I can grow together. And unlike the majority, you love honesty. Church is not the answer is the theme to my podcast. And you probably say, Nikki, you do you not go to church? Um First of all, I do go to church. I worship every Sunday. Shout out to Queen's Church of Christ. Um, When I say church is not the answer, what I really mean is it's a daily walk. It's an everyday thing. It's something that you have to put into your heart. And it has to be a lifestyle. That's what church is not the answer means to me. Because we think about church and we just think about the building that we go to every weekend or week. And where uh, other believers meet and hear a sermon. But church is you. Church is how you choose to live. And... That's what church is. And church is not a place where you can go and you thinking that if you try what the preacher says, everything will go your way. That's not church. God has to be first. You have to follow his instructions. You have to understand that he is in control no matter what you think. Uh, power, prestige, status, titles, none of that thing, none of that means anything. And uh, you may get a promotion, you may get the new house, you may get the new car, but that doesn't mean that your soul is uh, is safe. So uh, <clears throat> let me start off by saying I'm not trying to convert you. I don't care if you're not converted after hearing me. But what I do care is that you you understand when you finish listening to this podcast that God has our best interest. Uh, his presence or the absence of his presence has nothing to do with your circumstances. So, we have to understand that no matter what you accomplish on this earth, you don't want to lose your soul. You don't want to allow the, the, the enemy to get, in, get at you so, so deep that you lose your soul in the process. So, uh, 
With all that being said, today on this episode, I want to talk about just life being a gift. Uh, That's what I want to talk about today on this episode of In the Nick of Time. So guys, let's get right into it. So guys, when you receive a gift for your birthday or Christmas, you are very thankful. Especially if it's something you like. If the gift has real value, you guard it with your life. Now we tend to believe only what we can see with the physical eye. So when you hear of a supreme being that is the creator of everything, he sent his son to die for you and me so that we can have a chance at life. What have you done with that gift? Have you made the most of it? Over the last few years, I have really been seeking purpose in life because I know that God put me here for a reason. Life is a gift. In reading uh, Job and studying Job, And I I got into this study of Job because we deal with so much in life. We deal with all types of struggles. And it's difficult to look at life as a gift sometimes. Sometimes you just feel like you just want it all to be over with. And... Sometimes God won't let you off the hook that easy. Uh, He keeps you here. And sometimes you wonder, what's the reason? Why am I here? Life is a gift. It is a gift. Every morning that you wake up, every dawning of a new day is new mercies. And even though sometimes you may miss that point, You have to understand that it's up to us to connect with God, get close to God, not just so that we are able to get what we want in life. We connect with God so that he can show us the way, the way to abundant life. And abundant life is not The biggest house on the block, the nicest car, the perfect husband, the perfect children. Abundant life is so much more than that. So when we talk about life being a gift, do you only appreciate life when everything is good? That's the first thing I want to talk about. That's the first topic I want to get into. Do you only appreciate life when everything is good? Now, in chapter 2, Job had just told his wife that we should not only accept good from God. Now the accuser has attacked his health. So, Job cursed the day he was born in chapter 3. 
But the most important thing about that, because when you when you look at it, you're saying, okay, well, why is why do people say Job never complained? And after him and his friends sat in silence, now it seems as if he's complaining or he's giving up. But the one thing that we don't really pay attention to is he never cursed God. He never blamed God. And you wonder, why did he not curse God? Why didn't he blame God? Because God did allow Satan to test Job. God is the only righteous judge, not Satan. Satan knows us, but he only cares about the part of us that will join him in his torment. God knows us and cares about the innermost being that is willing to follow his will and his way. So he allowed Satan to test Job really to if you think about it, humiliate Satan, humiliate the enemy. And I say that because he was basically going to God, accusing Job of not being faithful. So God is like, okay, if you believe that, if you think that, because you're not looking at Job's heart, you're looking at Job with envy because I've given my stamp of approval to him and you're one of the angels that I have kicked out because notice when you read Job it says the the sons of God came to meet with God and Satan came along too which means he was separated from those who belong to, to God. So Satan is just like anybody else. He's an accuser. And he's a hater. Now, when it comes to appreciating life, you you show your appreciation by how you live, how you move. You don't get up and always have your mind on what's next for me, what's going to benefit me. You have your mind and your thoughts when you get up in the morning on being grateful, treating people the way you want to be treated. Not only when everything's good, but even when things are rough. See, we we care so much about this fleshly walk that we don't nurture our spiritual walk. That's why a lot of times we are we become so ungrateful. And Job lost a lot, but he did not lose everything. See, we we can we lose a loved one, 
we may lose wealth. Those things are fleeting. We all have a time to leave here. No one's going to be here forever. So when we lose a loved one, yes, it hurts. Yes, it hurts. And you should take time to grieve. But you also should be thankful for that time that you had with that loved one. Or that friend. So you appreciate life by living and living it to the fullest. Not only thinking about what's going wrong, what's not right. Oh, my my bank account is, is, is low. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. No, I'm not saying you should like those things. I'm not saying you should be okay with those things. I'm not saying you should be okay living that way. But what I am saying is, why are you blessed and highly favored when everything's going your way? What about when things get rough? Is God not the same God? He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. We're the ones that change. Because we change depending upon our circumstances and how we're feeling in a moment. We are all over the place. We're the ones that's up and down. And when we see things continue to happen, we want to blame somebody. And the one thing we got to learn from Job is understanding God is not the one to blame. If he gives you another chance, another day, whatever's going wrong, it's time for us to grow up and look in the mirror and work on that person that's staring back at you and learn to be more grateful. Yes, Job cursed the day he was born. But he didn't curse God. Because a lot of times we're trying to figure out, why am I being tested like this? Well, we we have to deal with so much in this life. And if you're not strong, if you don't have tough skin, you're gonna you're gonna get beat down in all honesty. You're gonna get beat down. You're gonna grow weary. You're gonna grow tired. But if you grow a healthy appreciation for the life and the opportunities that God is allotting to you, then you can do so much with that. Gratefulness can go a long way. An attitude of gratitude would take you a long way. I'm grateful to be able to get up and see another day. 
whether it's raining or the sun is shining, I'm grateful. Not for what I may gain in that day, but the fact that what did I do yesterday that I can do better today? Because there's always opportunity for growth. When you wake up in the morning, that's what that's about. You have to appreciate life. You have to learn to appreciate what God has done for us, what he's still doing for us, and what he's going to do for you in the future when you live your life according to his will and his way. Because you have so many people. And I know you're probably saying, Nikki, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to struggle. I don't want my kids to uh struggle or or go without. I want my kids to have the best. I want a good husband or a good wife. All of those things take work on your part. All of those things take you really growing and having a healthy appreciation for life, for the opportunities that you have been allotted in life. So you you can't just expect good out of life when you're not choosing and making good decisions and you're not allowing God to lead you and guide you and the Holy Spirit to keep you from messing up all the time. See, our... Our way of thinking and the way we do choose to do things, it will hurt us. And if if we're doing it on our own strength and on our own merit, that's what hurts us the most. We have to learn how to appreciate life. Now, let's get into the second point. The second question I want to ask, and I give my my thoughts on this. Do you think the gift of life is about what you have planned? Because I'm pretty sure Job uh, had become accustomed to the good life that he was living. I'm pretty sure he had become accustomed to his children being around, doing what they're doing, his wealth continuing to grow. But what about when your plans are thwarted? What about when God says, I'm going to take you in a different direction? There, there has to be a detour now in your life. What do you gonna, What do you do with that? Do you think he put you here just to accomplish all of your goals without sometimes you having to make a pivot and be mature about having to make that pivot? 
Proverbs 19 and 21 says, Many are the plans in the person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So a lot of times we have to make a pivot. Because, yeah, we get mad when we when we think we figured out everything and we got everything right and we doing what we want what we want to do and everything is going our way but when it's time to pivot are you humble enough to say well god what do you want me to do or are you getting so upset and frustrated and you, you're starting to figure out who you're going to blame. Because when I was in high school, when I was in junior high and high school, I played basketball. And I had a lot of people, you know, telling me how good I was. And I thought I was good enough. And... I thought that was really what my life should have been. Me playing ball, going to college, or whatever. Those plans that I had, they didn't work out that way. And sometimes I I had thoughts of why, you know, why didn't you know, the basketball thing work out. But now that I'm old and more mature, I I come to realize that I was so proud that I didn't understand about putting in the work, putting in the time, to make sure that I was continuing to hone my skills and get better and better. You know, sometimes thinking that you're good enough and not practicing and not doing the work, that's sometimes when your life will take a a different turn. You will have to take a detour. Because whatever you do, if you don't do it to the best of your ability, if you don't do it to glorify God, your plans are always going to fail. And that's why we see a lot of times that Things don't go our way. There are a lot of things I want to accomplish in life. Does that mean that I will do them? If I do not accomplish those goals that I have set for myself, like I was speaking of earlier with uh, me playing basketball, does that mean that I am a failure? Does that mean that I failed? Because I didn't do what I planned for my life. 
my life took a whole different turn and I had to go in a whole nother direction when I got out of high school. So young people, when you're when you're so pumped about I'm out of high school, you know, you think that is so good. But now you have to be ready for what's next. What am I going to do with my life now? The gift that God has given me. Now, I said, does that make me a failure because I didn't accomplish the things that I wanted to accomplish? Well, if we look at God's six days of creation, and he created Adam and Eve, not saying that God failed with Adam and Eve, because they they made the mistake. They didn't follow instructions. They had nothing to do with God's plan because he put the perfect plan in place for them and they chose to go against the grain. But that blemish in creation paved the way for Jesus, the most successful plan known to man. So there's a cliche that goes like this. When one door closes, another one opens. So when Adam and Eve messed up, the Messiah was already set to make his impact. So whatever you do in life, make sure that you are trying to make a positive and great impact. And you're always doing it to the glory of God. Because we hear that and what does that mean? Doing it to the glory of God. You're always giving your best. No matter what nobody else is doing. You're always wanting to give your best. And when you have a certain attitude and everybody else has another attitude, you're going to have those times where people will say, why are you smiling when there's a pandemic? And you're able to say, because I know that God is able. And people may not want to hear and, and, and think that it's just that simple, but it is. God is able to do the impossible. So when you think about life and your plans for your life, you have to know that sometimes you're going you're gonna to see some roadblocks and you're going to have to take a detour. But in that detour, you're going to find that God had to take you on that detour. 
but you don't want to get lost in the fact that your plan didn't work. It didn't go the way you wanted it to go. So you stuck in that mode. So the detour turns into you being lost. And that's what happens to us a lot of times. We have plans for our own life. And when God creates a detour because of a roadblock, we get lost because we don't follow instructions doing a detour. See, when when you're take when you when you're being taken on a detour, you know it'll tell you which way you need to go to get back on the right path. And the Bible tells us which way to go to get back on the right path with your finances, with your uh with your husband or your wife, with your kids when they're out of control. Uh, he has given us instructions to living our best life. If you don't want help on this detour, on this, on this journey, then keep doing what you're doing. Keep trying to Make sure your plans work. See, the kingdom that Jesus brought to earth cannot be torn down. This also gives way for us to understand God's intent. When he brought Jesus to the earth, you started to see his intent even for Adam and Eve. They didn't understand it. And the enemy was able to slither in and make them doubt. Because that's what he does for us. Oh, you didn't make it doing this, so you you what you got left? What what else you gonna do? You didn't you weren't able to accomplish that goal. You know, you're a failure. Now let's talk about. Does life's troubles take away God's intent for our life? Now, we have the greatest example of God's intent and how it doesn't change because of what we go through. In Luke chapter 22, 39 through 52. And I'm going to end with this. I'm going to end this segment with this. Coming out. He went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and he prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. 
Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. And how, while he was still speaking, behold, a multitude, and he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When those around him saw that what was going to happen, they said to him, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus answered and said, Permit even this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, captains of the temple and the elders who had come to him, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Now, they, were, they came to arrest Jesus. Judas just betrayed him. But let's look at what came from Jesus not focusing. He had just been strengthened in prayer. So he was able to accept that moment because he knew that that moment did not mean the end. Because let's look at chapter 24 of Luke, verse 28 through 49. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon and they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread now as they said these things Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, 
For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. So what he experienced in the in the in the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane when he was betrayed, it was not the end. God's intent for us is to be saved, our souls to be saved. For salvation has already been brought down. You don't have to believe me. But when you read the word of God, you will see that our troubles in life is not the end. And it does not mean that we cannot and should not live our best life. Our circumstances does not determine how good God is. And it does not determine his intent for our life. Our circumstances is to grow us up. Some of our circumstances is a test. Some of our circumstances is because of poor decision making. But life is still a gift. Okay, guys, welcome to this segment of my podcast where I say, wake up, world. Wake up, world. You know, we live in this society where, you know, everyone believes that they're woke, you know, because they have a lot of, uh, conspiracy theories that they've come up with because they've Googled some things and gotten some information, uh, man-written information, you know, research done by a man. And you have so many people that feel like they're woke. And in this, in this episode, in this segment, I get candid in this segment. I talk, you know, straight up. Wake up, world. And this week I want to say, I want to ask the question, do you really want to be free? When you tune in to your favorite podcast, TV show, and most new media, news media outlets, There's news on the constant rise in racial injustice. And you see the viral videos of the prejudices of white people on a daily basis. So we're given the idea that we have been set back centuries. No matter what we hear as far as our freedom goes, we don't feel like We're living in the land of the free sometimes. Uh, You have this council culture that's been created. And no matter what people say, we have uh, rights. And the First Amendment right is freedom of speech. But if you say certain things, you will be canceled. Uh, You have platforms that when you get on to them, They warn you, you know, don't say the wrong thing. And I say, wake up, world. 
How do you consider yourselves to be free when, think about the Kyrie Irving situation. When he um, made the decision to post a link to the documentary from Hebrews to Negroes. And he was darn near crucified. He was almost crucified. It make you feel as if they could have took him out and stoned him, they probably would have. So when you talk about freedom, when you talk about really truly being free, we have learned certain things in life. Like for instance, to be free means there's nothing keeping us from doing what we want to do. That means there are no restraints. We can do what we want without consequence. That's what freedom is to us. And then as a black person, we want financial freedom, which is understandable. Who doesn't want financial freedom? But to much that is given, much is required. If you don't learn how to manage the little things, the little amount of money that you have, you're not gonna be able to manage millions. Because you may think of, think about celebrities that have found, filed bankruptcy. And you may say, they were rich. Why did they end up having to file bankruptcy? <clears throat> because they weren't truly free. That's why I say, wake up world. We think freedom is no restraints. No restraints on the amount of money you can spend. But there always should be boundaries. Even though you got millions, there are boundaries. You don't you shouldn't spend your money on any and everything. Okay, think about it this way. What if there were no restraints on speeding in your car? Just imagine everybody being able to go 60 miles per hour on, on just the on, on the street. Not the highway. Everybody's going 60 miles per hour. There's no limits on speeding. Some people are going 100. Imagine that. Imagine that. Everybody being able to drive pretty much almost at the highest speed. Imagine that. What would it look like if everyone was speeding? There's no restraint on what you can buy with your money. But what if you spend your money on everything you want, but you and your family are in the dark because you did not pay the light bill? So you don't want restraints, but there are boundaries for a reason. The freedom that God gives is so comforting. When you get knocked down, Think about a boxer. 
A boxer is always told when they get knocked down to take the eight count. Take the eight count. Take the eight count. Stay down for the eight count. And then that devil will think he has won, and then that's when you get up. That is real freedom. You know who you are, so you do not sit and stew in your mess. You humble yourself in the sight of God and let him lift you up. Now, Nikki, how you going to say that? That's easier said than done. But he tells, he tells us to do that. Peter tells us to do that. Let's look at 1 Peter. Chapter 5 and verses 5 through 6. And it says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Exalt you means he's going he's gonna to bring you up. He's going to stand you up once you get knocked down. He's going to pick you up. And when he exalts you, when he lifts you up, you can cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you and me. He is not a, God is not a man that he can lie. So when he tells us, humble yourself and I'll lift you up, he's not lying. We've gotten in this, in this mode of trusting men. They speak so eloquently, so we think and believe they know what they're talking about. And, and, and a lot of these intellectuals that we hear speak in today's society, they're mostly talking in such a way because I was listening to uh, a snippet of an interview that Dr. Umar Johnson did. He does a lot of interviews. He does a lot of talking. A lot of people love to hear him speak. Some of the things that he says, you know, you 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 may say, hmm, you know, it. You think about it and you say, okay, that that could be. But he said one thing that made me laugh. He said, money is not the root of all evil. He said, not having any money is the root of evil. But people read that scripture. That's why I say, wake up world. He read that scripture. He used that scripture. He made a reference to that scripture. That scripture says, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. He, that, the Bible never said that money 
he said the love of money. And what that means is when money becomes our God, when we serve just because of money, when we serve money and that's and that's all we think about, I gotta get to the bag. That's how we hear people speak every day now. Watch any TV show, uh, anybody on their platforms, they're always talking about, I'm getting to the bag. I want that money. I need that money. And they will do anything to get to the quote-unquote bag. They scam people. They lie, they cheat, they steal, they do anything they can. Wake up, world. The problem is we want to push an agenda and it's killing us as not only as black people because we 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 have created this narrative that we are the targeted people. And yes, we are marginalized. Yes, we are uh, treated differently in a lot of situations. But we also carry ourselves in such a way where we act as if we don't care what you think of us. And you shouldn't care what someone thinks of you to the point where you're only changing because you want them to to think of you and see you in a certain way. You change the way you move and the way you live because you want God to see you in a certain way and in a certain light. So we gotta wake up because we say we wanna be free. We wanna be free to live a good life But the way to live a healthy life is like this. And this stayed on my mind all night last night, this scripture. And it simply says, a Proverbs 17:22, it simply states, a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. And we may say with all of life's troubles, it's hard to have a merry heart. But we gotta wake up. It's not hard to have a merry heart. But you gotta take in the good And you got to start thinking about how the good always outweighs the bad, even when you're going through things, even when when you're experiencing tragedy. The good can still outweigh the bad. Because you may you may lose a loved one and you're like. I don't want to go on. You're frustrated. 
You don't understand why. You may look in, look at your bank account and it may say zero dollars. And no one's saying you should be jumping for joy, but you also have to understand that even with the things that you are privy to in life, do you appreciate them? Do you try your best to be good to other people? Or do you spend most of your life just being frustrated because everything's not going your way? You spend your life frustrated because you hear everybody telling you that there's no hope for black people. We're still being mistreated. But Jesus was obedient even to death on the cross. And and we focus so much on our problems. We focus so much on the fact that white people don't treat us the way we want to be treated. But what did he say do to your enemy? He said, love your enemy. It, it, it never tells us to act as if we're blind to what the enemy is trying to do. But any evil is the work of the enemy. And he says our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities of the, spir- of the spiritual realm in the spiritual realm. So what does that mean? What does that mean? That means we can sit around and blame white people for all of our problems. Or we can say, I'm gonna trust in the one who has saved my soul, who has reconciled me to the one that can kill the body and the spirit. For someone to do that, because Jesus wants us to be free from sin. We're not going to be free from trouble because this, this age and this world and this generation is perverted. It's evil. So you're going to experience trouble. You're going to see, you're going to encounter impoverished people. But it's not so much as it's only black people that are impoverished. It's what are we doing as a people who say that we believe in Jesus Christ. What are we doing about it besides having dialogue and we end up arguing because someone doesn't agree with what we're saying.
And that's the thing. That's the problem. That's the issue. So I say, wake up, world. Wake up, world. Sometimes God has to bring us back down to earth when our heads are stuck in the clouds, so to speak. We start to believe in our own strength. We start to believe in our own strength. So he has to bring our heads out of the clouds. Which means we, 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 we fill our head with a bunch of fluff. Somebody sounds like they know what they're talking about. And these people are making money. The money that they say they're fighting for you and me and every black person to get, they're making money off of spewing propaganda that only frustrates us. So we have to wake up, world. People get a podcast, a YouTube channel, and, and it's no positivity. It's no uh, good energy. It's always wanting to make us look at life and say, get ready for doomsday every day. And that's what you see. And they're making money off of you being angry. Every conversation turns into, what if there was a black, what if there was a white person? Would the same actions be taken? It's always, it always comes back to black and white. Do you not understand that it's not just black and white people on this earth? There are plenty of different cultures and nationalities and different uh, skin tones and hues and, 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 and some of it is beautiful. Most of it is beautiful. I was listening to a preacher, Darius Daniels. Shout out to Darius Daniels. And he said, <clears throat> when God created everything in six days, and it said he rested on the Sabbath, and he said it wasn't because he was tired. It was because he had accomplished and he was able to see that his work was good. Wake up world, we're tired and we're in bondage because at the end of a day, can you say that your work was good? When the when your six days are done, can you say that your six days of work was good? And it's not just the job that you go to, it's your lifestyle, it's how you treat people, it's how you interact with people, it's what you're willing to sacrifice in a day sometimes. Whether you're willing to sacrifice your time, whether you're really willing to give 
to somebody who really needs. And it's not always monetary things. Sometimes it's just your your love, your affection, your attention, your your time, your energy. And then you have to know the difference and discern if they really just want to be hurt or do they want to drain you of your energy. And it's real freedom when you're given that discernment and you know how to move. And how you move is you pray without ceasing. Anything you do, pray about it. And whatever answer God gives you, move. Do what he tells you to do. God and everything he created, he spoke it and it happened. But he didn't speak it in doubt. Nothing was going to deter him. Nothing was going, the, 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 the enemy couldn't come in and make him feel like, don't create life. Don't separate the water from the earth. Uh, don't create the clouds in the sky. Don't make man in your image. No one could deter him from doing his good works. Because if you look at men and women, and he said, I'm making male and female in my image, and most of us know that our character is horrible. We know that we are not emotionally intelligent. We overreact, we're impulsive, we're impatient, all of those things. But yet he said, let's make man in our image. Male and he created them male and female. So, wake up world. You want to be free. If you really truly want to be free, break the chains of sin that enslave you every day because you know better and when you know better you should do better everyone doesn't deserve your energy it may feel good to curse somebody out but sometimes they don't deserve your energy Sometimes people, you feel like a person deserves a good tongue lash, but they don't deserve your energy. Sometimes you feel like a person deserves a good punch in the mouth, but they don't deserve your energy. Preserve your freedom and gain your freedom by breaking the chain. When you're in traffic, 
Be patient. Be thankful. When you when you when you're running late, don't get mad. Humble yourself and say, next time I'm gonna leave earlier. All of these things are easier said than done, but that's when you know you are free. When you when your reaction and your actions they line up with peace. Because I've always thought that peace is when you stay to yourself, you stay away from all the, the messy people and all the evil people. But peace comes when that ad that that an agon, antagonistic person doesn't get from you what they want. Peace is when your reaction to a bad situation is not that of it's the end of the world, anger, bitterness. You learn how to deal with it in peace. You pray about it because what did Peter say? You can take your cares and cast them on him because he cares for you. Why why do you want to be in bondage? A lot of us don't stay in prayer because we don't feel like our prayers are going to be answered. We we doubt because we know deep down inside we really haven't done anything to be worthy to go to to God and ask him for anything. Because we know we have not been good representatives and ambassadors. We we go out into this world and our reactions are just like the world, even when we say we believe in God. You hear so many people say, I thought he was a preacher. I thought he was a deacon. I thought she'd go to church. Forget that they're human. We go to those buildings and we deal with people and everything they do, it affects our worship to God. We go in, oh, she didn't speak to me. She didn't hug me. She she gave me a side eye. Let's wake up, world. You want true freedom? When you go into that building, you praising God. You get your mind set on praising God. So when that person that walks past you, as if they don't see you, it's okay. Then sometimes you got to ask yourself, well, did I extend myself to them? If I'm sitting there and everybody don't run up and speak to me, I didn't run up and speak to them. So I'm no better than them. So I know I went over this time, but I just want us to understand what freedom is. I want us to know that we can truly be free 
when we break the chains and break away from our sinful nature. We got to separate from our sinful nature. We got to. Guys, that's what's causing, causing so many of our problems. And we think it's only in the black culture, in the, in the, in the, the black community. It's not. We gotta break those chains in every culture. Because we're all suffering. And we're all suffering because of our sinful nature. We gotta get back to loving God. Because anybody that took an oath to protect and serve and they could shoot and kill anybody. That's wrong. That's evil. Anybody that can prejudge you and tell you because of your skin color, you're not, you shouldn't be able to live and afford to live in a neighborhood. That's ignorance. That's evil. And that goes against everything God loves. And we have to understand that that's, that has nothing to do with me, per se, personally. That has nothing to do with how much God loves me. That has nothing to do with whether I'm free or in bondage. My freedom is not wrapped up in if every white person is, is telling me how great I am, if I can make the same amount of money as a white person, if I can run a stop sign and not get a ticket like a white person. That is not what makes you guys. I went over. I love you guys. I had to get that out because I think about when we talk about freedom, we got to understand what that means. It's not the absence of restraint. True freedom is you being comfortable and confident in how you're moving and how you're living. That's true freedom. It's like a it's like when a person, when a child studies hard for a test, they go into that, they go in to class that next day to take that test. And guess what? They're confident that they're gonna pass because they know that they've studied. They know that they're well prepared. So we got to be prepared. We got to be prepared for the ignorance, the hatred of evil people. We got to be prepared and know that the prince of this world is always busy. We got to be prepared. We don't study the Bible so we can show everybody how smart we are. We study the Bible so that we can learn how to be prepared for what life and whatever twists and turns life may bring.
the ups and the downs. We got to be prepared for both. So let's reprogram our thinking, guys. Let's get back to love. Let's recover the life that the devil tries to take from us each and every day. And most of all, guys, if you don't remember anything else, God may not be there when you want him, but he'll be there in the nick of time. Peace. I'm out, and I love you. Until next time, Lord's will, be blessed. Mm -hmm.